Before the bloodbath begins, slither your way over to the host's socials. For the podcast, slash over to Twitter at the BHO underscore podcast. Instagram, the Baron's Hideout Podcast. Then stab over to Dean's Instagram at Dean of the Dead Hot Sauce. Listen to the show on your favorite apps and Patreon. Enjoy the sleigh and try to stay alive. For the next period of time, strap in as the hosts rip and tear at the unsuspecting guests, and which to learn their dark secrets and methods of the genre. In this bloodbath, no one gets out alive. This is within the barrens. Joining us today is Brandon Perez and Michael Ahern, local filmmakers, and I think local heroes, also writers, very local. You guys are, you know, based in, in Providence, which is only about 40 minutes me. away from me. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm super excited to have you guys back on. I uh, had you before to talk about death drop gorgeous and today we're going to be talking about your you know dipping into full core with saint drogo so um let's all get captured by a cult together <laughs> brandon <laughs> michael how, how are you guys doing we're doing good uh we're still like kind of coming down from the high of salem horror fest i think <laughs> like oh, back yeah. to reality which has been a little bit of a i've been very lazy these last two days hey that's that's um, fine <laughs> yeah very entitled <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little needed a little like uh i don't know yeah reprieve <laughs> how about you brandon I'm doing great. We, we went uh, the, the two weekends, so um, both weekends were just a lot of fun. Uh, we met a lot of really great people. Uh, I, I wish this shit was every weekend. Yeah, <laughs> me awesome. too. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was great meeting you know all of you in person again too because it's been a yeah. while um, since I think we we really talked. So like reconnecting and you know seeing a new film and and seeing how drastically different it was and seeing how uh, creative you can be in other spaces in horror I think was great. Um. So where I want to go, um, I don't think we did this last time. Um, what I've been doing when we have guests on is like to kind of you know bring it back to the beginning um, for everybody who comes on. So uh, Brandon, we could kind of start with you um, and see where did the love of filmmaking start? Um, I guess I love filmmaking. Uh, I and mean, I used to make like dumb videos in like high school and college. I don't know if that was that really counts, but like. Sure. Uh, was like got, I was more into like the music and metal scene. I was in bands and stuff. And then, um, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was talking with our, our old one of our co-writers and directors, Chris from Death Drop, about this like silly idea we had for for a plot with like you know using these you know serial killer using these like sex apps as like a way to lure people in. And then like we brought it up to Mike, and Mike was like, "Well, let's make it into a movie." So we were all just kind of like like okay, and fuck it, let's see what happens. 
I went to school briefly just for like digital recording and editing. So I knew like the, like the basics of filming, no, no like theory or no, like no film theory or anything like that. Just like literally just like how to frame shot, like nothing crazy. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the extent of that. <laughs> how about you, Mike? What did it all kind of start with you? Yeah. Um, I also don't have any formal training. Like I didn't go to school for it. Um, but uh, in middle school, my best friend, his dad worked at the local cable access studio in our small little town. Okay. So we like would, even though we weren't supposed to, would take cameras home from the, the uh, said cable access studio. And we would make kind of stupid little movies that like didn't make sense. Um, but we thought were like the funniest things in the world. <laughs> um, so I didn't like really put two and two together with that until like during interviews during death drop i was like oh right like i did that like we <laughs> i had access to something that some the most people don't have access to so i think that's where it started we never did like audio besides the audio that was on the camera or whatever but that's when i started like fooling around with them you gotta find these movies oh wow. I know. I yeah they <laughs> probably exist we had a trilogy called the clown witch um, oh yeah that sounds great they're like five <laughs> 10 minutes long and they probably don't make any sense but we thought they were like the greatest things ever the clown, the clown witch sounds like a charles band like a puppet master trilogy the clown witch yeah <laughs> we thought we were so fucking cool because like we would you know how like to make the like as kids to make things disappear you just like pause the camera and everyone has to freeze and one person moves and we did that a bunch of times and we thought we were just like the coolest people ever <laughs> Oh man, that's great though. I love that. Yeah, dig those up, find them, put them online. No, I, I want to watch I it. Contact Norton, Massachusetts, <laughs> see if they have them. Um, so <laughs> I wanted to kind of you know talk about this this bridge, um, you know, from going from a Jalo esque slasher to now dipping into folk horror. Um, whose idea was it to kind of branch off and try something new? kind of both um i think like as much as like we enjoyed writing death drop and like uh you know making you know making a, fu a funny film i feel like uh, uh mike and i and kind of some of the other crew just aren't really super big into comedy horror we wanted to make something dark um so that, i think that was kind of like the first step is we want to go like in a you know dark darker direction um yeah yeah we wanted to sort of like exp i mean we like so many different things and i think we just wanted to explore something that felt a little more um uh places where you draw inspiration more from um okay. and so it was i don't know that there was a big discussion about it i mean we kind of discussed it here and there but we i don't know it just felt like an, a nice little progression i think the the spirit of both films is still still very similar even though the tone of them is obviously like you said like contrasted um but still very nihilistic and still very um like critical uh just in different ways now yeah, and I also like how there's a lot of returning faces. I mean, they look a little <laughs> bit different, but they are returning um, from both films. So you keep a little continuity there of, you know, having uh, familiar people on there and, and keeping in this tight-knit group that you guys have. Because there's a lot of you. There's, there's a ton of you that make these films. And, and I'm so happy to see the success that you continually to have, especially at Salem Horror Fest, like, Every time you guys show a film there, it blows up and it makes me so happy because they're so local 
and you can see the love and the care that you put into these films and you you deserve every bit of it and, and seeing you get that award for death drop finally <laughs> made me so happy oh thank you <laughs> yeah thank you so much i i was thinking about this today how like silly we must have not silly but like we came with such an entourage for the St. Draco premiere. <laughs> like, I feel like the last five rows were all just people that either like worked on the film or yeah. were someone's partner who worked on the film or so I always thought that was kind of funny, but yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you guys, you definitely deserve it. Um, and I'm excited for more, but um, Dean, I'll let you, uh, you know, talk a little bit and then throw whatever yeah. questions you got, man. Yeah, yeah. So, guy, I just got done watching Saint Drogo before we jumped on here. So, uh, congratulations on a great film, guys. It was really, really good. Really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first thing I noticed when I when it like from the opening shots uh, on the beach, it's just how beautiful some of the shots were, some of the camera work. You know, some of the scenery is stunning. Um, so, what I was really interested to know, like, what was it shot on? What did you guys shoot the movie on? Oh, and no, did, did you did you shoot your, and did you shoot it yourselves or did you have like a DP on board or you know yeah was it kind so of gorilla kind of thing from um I think when we we took we were kind of taking what we learned about shooting Death Drop and we wanted to sort of like up our game um, and I just uh, so we brought on Kevin Bowden who's a local f- a photographer in the Providence area and I forget what camera he uses. Oh, <laughs> um ryan can yeah brandon can ask ryan he'll know um and um him and ryan were really the driving forces of like with death drop a lot of it was just like excitedly like renegade shooting and we did like we did like plan out shots and did storyboard some stuff but i think this time we were just a little more deliberate deliberate as a team and like taking our time to make sure we got what we wanted but in some ways, we just lucked out. Like the landscape of Provincetown in the winter is just naturally beautiful. Like yeah, sometimes yeah. that is just a point and shoot, and they'll look at that like beach log right. or whatever. It looks really pretty. Get that. Um, so I think that's what um, how I don't know. But yeah, I think that's how like it affected our growth, at least uh, cinematography wise. So it was yeah. a Nikon Z6. <laughs> a Nikon. What was I? Oh, sorry, second. Nikon Z6. I can't see it. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that was just interesting because it was such. It looks like it's. I don't know how big the budget was, but it looked, those shots just look so like like a big movie. You know, the big movie. I have to shot. take it there, Dean. I'll take it. Really the next cool. time you're here, I'll I'll, I'll drive. You take you. me there, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll drive you, man. It's not that far. <laughs> and then also, and then also, like the practical effects as well. There's some really cool practical effects, and some of the gore kind of reminded me a little bit of like some like early Peter Jackson esque kind of stuff going on as well, which is great um so how how were the effects crafted how did you guys do that did you again did you do that yourselves or did you hire like an effects team in or so we got we got uh, the uh, legendary joe castro to, to help us with that stuff too so he did um all the monster makeup and the the um, body prosthetics too and uh scott c miller um helped out with uh, designing the uh the, the teratoma on the face for that scene and just some so a couple of little he did some of the makeup on the corpses too he did like trad's dead body um, but yeah, he did he did an excellent job too. So between the two of them, we had like two really, really awesome, um, awesome people working with us. There was some intense score. Yeah. <laughs> right from the word go as well with the cuts. <laughs> right at the end with the I was like, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like with 
before you have to do that. I, I, I'm still just like baffled when I see like all these like slashers where you know the, you watch the shit because of the gore and there's all, like all these like off screen people yeah. and just like really bored. I don't know. It's like I think that a lot of these like movies retain rewatchability because of the special effects. So we kind of yeah. our things is like always oh, just having like good practical effects in our in our films. Yeah. yeah, and I think you've mentioned this before, Brandon. That like is the rewatchability of it. Like that, like you go back to watch it. Um, yeah. And I think, like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think folks will, uh, after seeing what we do, will want to go back and be like, let's fucking watch that. Yeah, again. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Dean, if you like the practical effects in this, you're gonna like them in uh, Death Drop as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this absolutely. one definitely upped the ante for sure. But like what's going on, and and I love that, especially the the whole ending thing. Like Brandon, I I, I feel so bad for you, man. <laughs> I feel so bad for you. But um, yeah, Death Drop. There's some pretty gnarly stuff in there too, man. That's where I'm heading straight after this chat. Hell yeah, dude. Let me know. Let me know what you think because uh, I've watched that movie. I think at Salem Horror Fest, Kay was asking everybody how many times that they watched, it? and she said four. I'm like, yeah, I've watched it more than four times. Like, not even kidding. <laughs> It's 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 so good, and and I'm so happy to have another um, monster makeup crew movie to watch now because I, I I just love seeing the growth of how far you're going, and you're not afraid to take you know chances and try something new, and not really like obviously you care about like what people think about your films, and you want to make something good, but you're kind of like okay, we have this idea, we're gonna do it, and we don't care essentially but we want to make it the best we possibly can and seeing this in the audience too with a great surround sound and everything and hearing everybody go like what the fuck at like all of these things that are going on like it it felt so good to be there in the moment so i wanted to ask to both of you how was how did that feel <laughs> about having all these people react to this crazy film yeah it was definitely um, uh, a euphoric feeling. I think uh, leading up to before it was coming on, like I just had so much anxiety because it's like you want the sound to be good. You want to make sure it's like coming out of the right speaker. The music is like very bass heavy. So we really wanted that to come through. And then um, it got to a point where we were watching where there's like a certain scene in the movie and I knew all the stuff that was going to come after. And I got like really giddy because I was like, oh, now we're going to like fuck with them um, and bum them out. Kind of yeah. uh, The moment like Caleb gets to the the party, the very like, yeah. like exclusive party. I was like, okay, now it's going to get weird. And now it's going to get upsetting. And I was kind of, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, I don't know if this is evil sounding, but looking forward to yeah, watching folks react. Um, so that was, that was really, really fun for me. It, it, it was amazing it's wild too because like so ryan my partner who's also in the movie he's like the home record dude he like pretty much edited the sound <laughs> like for this whole thing and then our um our other sound editor roman um they they finished the 5.1 with the guy that mastered it literally the day before so like we snuck down early and like watched a cut of it on a big screen and we had to do some color correction too because like we, we're just editing this on laptops like we don't have like a big studio suite so it's like what, what we see on a laptop looks so different on a screen so like we yeah. were like last minute ryan's like color correcting shit like literally like an hour before we we filmed so like an hour before we we showed at salem so that was really oh wow i didn't realize it was that close i know i was talking to you about yeah. this but wow <laughs> yeah it was like right fucking before so that was kind of crazy it was, thank god it was only like a couple of scenes that needed some like color correction um but it was just like we we're 
kind of like on edge a little bit, but it was, it was really like just a magical experience too. And um, a lot of our cast and crew haven't seen like the full cut, like with the sound effects, with the score. Um, so it was, it was really nice to have that happen. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. And K is just amazing too. And like anyone involved, so um, all their like volunteers, all of them are so fucking nice. Like, it's just like a very pleasant experience overall. So um, really, really, really awesome time, but I'll, I'll never forget it. Yeah. Cool. I was- I was going to say, I noticed that um, Kay was uh, an ex- executive producer as well on the film. So how did she become involved in the project? It's just you guys are all friends and did she sort of jump on board? And- yeah, we first. Um, well, Brandon and Ryan first met her um, going up to Salem Horror Fest. And then um, she accepted Death Drop Gorgeous in 2020, and um, which... Another that kind of ties in with this previous question. We obviously didn't get like our festival experience in 2020. Everything went virtual, which had its pros mm-hmm. and cons. I think like Death Drop was able to reach more masses because it was virtual. But then we didn't have the experience of watching a, a movie that should be watched in a theater with, with a group of people in a theater. Um, and so we won the audience award at Salem. And Kay is just super supportive of us and queer horror in general especially indie independent um low budget um films uh so she just kind of kept in touch with us and she actually a few days came down to p-town and like sort of helped on set with us and got us coffees and so um, (laughs) she just kind of was kind of keeping tabs and she was really excited to see what we're going to do next and uh when we finished principal photography she was kind of like do you guys want to show at salem and it was like a very very tight deadline as as brandon was saying yeah <laughs> up until the hour um and That's crazy. <laughs> yeah but we were like we got to do it like k has been great and like where else better to like drop it than salem um especially <laughs> knowing that it was gonna be such a big fest and and a folk like alice we're gonna show yeah, their movie folklore, yeah. and it, yeah it just felt like we needed to get it there um so yeah that's awesome like i i would have been stressed out too knowing like oh my god we are about to show this in an hour and we we need to adjust some things like that is crazy <laughs> like i honestly me i would be like no just leave it <laughs> just leave it there i don't even care just like we'll fix it later you know it's just a festival run right now i was gonna say Damn. was there anything in the back of your mind like when you kind of got it to the point where you're like right okay let's go let's take it to the festival when you're kind of taking it there you're thinking shit i wish we'd have fixed this or done this or adjusted that or cut this bit or anything like that was you thinking that or was you kind of really happy with the product where it was at with the film where it was at and just excited to get it into people's eyes I think in, oh, go ahead. No, you go first. Go ahead. I just I think in general there wasn't ma- major changes that we we wanted to make. Mm. Um, it was more about the stress of making sure that this the score was finished. That's what so we visited. Um, uh, my friend Chris Barnes, uh, his musician name is Gem Club. Um, so if you like some relaxing, uh, really beautiful piano music, definitely check him out. Um. He's so super talented, but he definitely needed some guidance. So we went up there like three weekends, like leading up to that. So we had to finish the score. We had to get like the foleying done. So Ryan was kind of like doing that. It was more, it was more like audio stuff. Visually, I think we felt pretty good about the cut of the film. We watched it a few times with folks that were involved and not involved for some notes just to be like, how are you feeling about this? Um, but overall, I think we felt pretty strongly about the the visual cut. Um, yeah. 
another thing too, like you, like being like a musician and a writer and like a filmmaker too, like as, like your your work is never done. You have to at some point step away and be like, this is it. You have to kind of like separate your brain from it. And it's yeah. like I have, I have I have so many friends that are also like musicians and writers and filmmakers that like yeah. they just dwell on this shit forever. Then they never release oh, it. Like, yeah, you just have to, like, the master of that. <laughs> at some point, you just gotta be like, hey, this is I like where it's at. I things could be improved, but you know what? It's it's always every piece of art is always a work in progress. You just gotta at one point be like, that's it. We're we're good here. And kind of step away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been a musician for year. Well, since <laughs> my since I was a kid, really. That's um, awesome. But a uh, working musician for year, many, many, many years, and always, always the same. Um, yeah, you know, not one song is ever finished. You know, you're always like, you want to tweak everything all the time, oh, and yeah. just trying to get finished, trying to get projects over the line is what I struggle with sometimes. You know, <laughs> just like actually trying to sign it off and go right, okay, that's it, move on to the next one. I'm always like, oh, actually, you know, let's, let's you know, work on that a little bit longer, <laughs> and you end up driving yourself fucking crazy. You know? Oh yeah, you end up hating it. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. but yeah how long did it take you guys to shoot the movie how long was the was the, the shoot um, did you, kind of, did you do it like over a selection of you know like a different different time periods or did you kind of just have a real kind of tight schedule and you just kind of crashed it out in one go yeah, I because we're because this is uh like a nights and weekends type of project, like all of us have full time jobs or some of us yeah. have two jobs. Um <laughs> it took it took longer than we anticipated. We tried to in writing keep it a little more succinct and con condensed, not in a way that we were like shorting ourselves, but in a way that just made sense economically to film. But it ended up taking at, at three winters um it oh, was wow. okay. yeah okay. so i think yeah i mean it was the winter of 2020 we started filming indoor stuff in 2020 um and then when we went on to p-town it was you know the, like december 2020 2021 then the next winter and then we were doing some stuff even this past winter um so it did take a little longer and um because the movie takes place outside we had a very like narrow window of when like greenery wasn't on yeah. uh like branches yeah. and stuff um yeah. and so we had to kind of make that work um i think that was about yeah that long right brandon yeah yeah it, it was wild too because like we actually had people like actors read for the roles but like with COVID happening with COVID restrictions and to just like what we had to have these actors do we were kind of like we, we should just do it ourselves if it's going to be a fucking nightmare to rope another actor to do this like so Mike and I and Ryan just decided to like, you know what, let's keep this as small as humanly possible, avoid COVID crap and just just do it. Um, I can imagine us putting an actor through like what I did. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like, enemies, like and a lot of the amount of reshoots we had to do and stuff too. It was just really convenient just to have like the crew and the, everyone involved just to be the actors too. Like it, it definitely like made things like a million times easier. So that was kind of, that took some time too. So. I mean, it would have taken longer though if we actually had actors. So that would have been a fucking mess. Yeah, yeah. That was actually something I wanted to ask you too, Brandon, because you know, obviously in Death Drop, you are you are acting in that. You, you have you know a pretty big role in there, but you stepped it up to being like the actual like lead, and then and Mike, you are the the, the co lead. So like you're both playing really really big roles. So I wanted to ask you, Brandon, what was that like? You know, going from a death death drop role. <laughs> 
to being a full lead role? Was it was it really difficult, or did it kind of just come natural? It was it was tricky. It was like it's it, it's easier to play like someone that's like a hyper emotive cartoon character, like Tony Two Fingers and Death Drop Gorgeous. Like, from, like <laughs> it was like very easy to me. This one you kind of just play like a normal dude. Um, so that was kind of tricky. We also didn't really have directors in a lot of scenes too. So because like Mike and I would be in a scene together, and you just have Kevin, who's our filmmaker, who's focusing on like framing and, and like you know he's the DP. And you have Ryan that's focusing on audio. So it's like. We kind of you kind of like go with your gut and be like there, there's scenes where I'm like oh god I know this was really bad and I know there, and then like so you just kind of keep going kind of guessing so we we, had, we did have some times we had directors on set like sometimes Mike would direct sometimes I would direct um, sometimes Wayne or Chris would direct sometimes Ryan so we'd like kind of like took turns um, we filmed at my ex boyfriend's house he stepped in <laughs> and directed the scene it was actually kind of good at it it was kind of funny um, uh -huh. so that was like probably the hardest part just not really knowing how you're doing. Um, but like, and again, like we just had no choice. Like that's just like what we had yeah. to had to work with. What about you, Mike? Because you you stepped up too. You know, obviously your role was also you know pretty uh, big in Death Drop. But this is like times like a hundred. So how was it uh, jumping from that to a, a a co lead? Yeah, I mean, like kind of what Brandon said, it's so much easier to play like a cartoon character um, and just kind of like go. I don't know, just like not go ham always like at a 10, but like it's a little easier and a little less self-conscious than I felt when I was doing St. Drogo. Cause like, I remember when we were doing this one scene, like one of the early scenes, like in the kitchen or whatever, and like I'm delivering my lines and I think I'm doing a good job. And then Ryan's just kind of like, Hey, why can you try to say it this way? <laughs> and I, we did the scene again and I changed it. And then he was like, yeah, so can you do it the way I said or something? And I was like, I thought oh, I was. Like, I actually <laughs> thought I was. You don't hear how you sound when you're saying it. And then we watched the playback. And I was like, wow, I just did the same thing three times in a row. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's very hard to play subtle. And it's a weird line because I've done, like, and this has been, I mean, I'm 32 now. So it's been a very long time since I've been on the stage. But I did, like, plays in high school and stuff. And you when you're on film you want to be subtle and on a stage you want to be big yeah. um so it's about like towing that line of being i don't know like believable and convincing but not too much like you're chewing the scene in a um and then yeah like, like just the genre difference yeah was a little tricky okay um dean i'll let you uh throw some more questions i think a couple more over there before i start yeah. asking some more so there's some pretty trippy moments in a film. Who came up with the idea of using teeth as a drug? <laughs> that was fucking great. So because I, I could see the the lines of um, like you know what look like cocaine, and then obviously you got the red in it as well. I was like, what is that? And then like, obviously later on in the film, you realise it's kind of crushing up the teeth and yeah. snorting the teeth. <laughs> yeah, how'd you come up with that idea? So we wanted to like, take a play on the Eucharist, and um, we figured like you know something like a. Like instead of giving like the like skin or something, I feel like if you were gonna make a drug out of the human body, like you know, grounding up into a powder, like a tooth or a bone would be the best. So we had the idea of like having him pull a tooth out, but then we were talking about like if he's been doing this for a really long time, like how is he gonna generate so many teeth? Like you're very limited. So we decided yeah. so the Saint Drogo himself has like a hernia on his body, like part of like the folklore mythology yeah. of that real saint. So we decided to turn that into a teratoma, which are those tumors that grow in your body that produce like hair and teeth. Um so we figured like that um having a teratoma instead of hernia that keeps producing teeth infinitely could be like a good alternative to that. So gross. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. 
and then sort of just like tying, yeah, the, the, the body of Christ or the Eucharist is sort of like an indoctrination like process and the drug, we don't like oversell this in the movie, but the idea is like, once you take the drug, like you're, you're stuck in it. Like you're, yeah. you've been, you've oh. been, um, inducted, um, which obviously happens uh, to one of the characters. Um, so yeah, yeah. So that's where some of the parallels are. We should have had him get like one of those petty egg things and just scrape the bottom of his feet, like those disgusting ass. Oh no, no, I'm oh, out. Wow. I'm out. If you nope. Okay, I, I can look at the the thing growing teeth as much as you want, but as soon as you start scraping feet and having people snort that, I'm out, man. Yeah, there's just like gift that's made where it's like that's happening, and it's like they, it's like a, it cuts like a plate of spaghetti with the stuff going. Oh like my god, cheese grater! Oh, oh, it was cracking me up. No. It's so gross. Oh, stinky feet cheese. <laughs> No, thank you. Hell no. That's All a, right. That's actually the scariest horror movie. That's that little gift with the fucking petty egg. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. That's their next film. It's just going to be all of that of him producing just that by scraping his feet. <laughs> oh, <God>. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, uh, Dean, do you have any more, dude? Yes. And so you've been doing, uh, well, um, Salem Horror Fest. Is that? the only festival you guys have done so far have you got more have you got more have you done more festivals have you got more festivals lined up and have you any plans to do any festivals in the uk awesome. yeah um so salem horror fest was the first fest it was our premiere um and now uh the fests we are applying to their their due dates are like around now in the next couple months but the events won't be till like between August and November. So we have a little bit of a lull right now, maybe in the summer, we're thinking of doing some um, local stuff with it. Uh, but we do have some fests uh, we're planning to submit to, hopefully get into. There is one in the UK that um, also has been really good to us, uh, Soho Horror Fest. Um, okay, they, yeah. We're super supportive of Death Drop. And so I'm. Uh, we have high hopes uh to get into the, i think they're doing a festival in november um that we hope to get into and hopefully actually maybe attend because we've never been over there before wow that would oh, be yeah. awesome go meet dean come oh, on yeah. over yeah come on over dean come on. Is... soho soho is amazing you guys would love soho so is oh. a very good place well it's it's a little different nowadays it used to be a great place um london's a funny place these days it's a beautiful mm. city if you know have you, you got have you ever been have you ever visited london before no okay so yeah for your first visit your mind would be blown definitely there's a there's a lot to see there's a hell of a lot to see um and it's very vibey it's very vibey but i think just because i've lived here my whole life um you, know, you kind of take it for granted <laughs> you're like yeah london's shit it's not i mean it's not <laughs> at all. it's not at all it's an amazing city i've just lived here my whole life and i'm just like yeah you know, <laughs> take it oh, for granted <laughs> but yeah the soho horror fest is a great one um there's a few others you guys should look at as well i don't know if you heard of grim fest or mm -hmm. celluloid screen write them down dean's at every every festival you can think of he he attends because yes yeah, so i'm pretty sure we um we submitted to celluloid screams um that one that name sounds familiar um I actually think they reached out to us which was pretty oh, nice. oh wow yeah, okay. i think that was the one that did yeah yeah, yeah. so oh, fingers cool. Fingers crossed. Just because sometimes these fests reach out to you and they like are really kind, but then you never hear back from them. So who knows? But um, <laughs> I didn't. I don't remember the grim one though. So we'll definitely check that one out. Check that one out. Yeah, we can. I can pass some stuff 
over after the, after really? the show. yeah for sure yeah grim Grimfest is one in it's in manchester so it's in like the north of england but it's a great cool. festival really really good cool. festival um yeah, and there's a but there's a bunch of others but yeah uh i'll fire some names over to you guys <laughs> yeah hell yeah that'd be awesome. <laughs> hell yeah um so going back to saint drogo <laughs> I wanted to, you know, talk about the um, sex positiveness of this film and how, you know, I feel like films are very afraid, especially in like the gay community. Like right now, like films are very afraid to have scenes like this. And there's about what, two or three in this, in this one. And they are very intense and they drive the narrative a lot. So I wanted to, the you know, kind of touch on what Kay was also saying about how, you know, great it is to see that there are filmmakers out there now that are embracing it and, you know, pushing, you know, um, these scenes more in, in horror, especially in the LGBTQ community. Because I feel like we're kind of in that moment right now in our, in our you know, political climate or whatever you want to call it, where people are really afraid to show these types of things. And I just want to say that you did an amazing job with, you know, filming these and also the story that Brandon, you were, you know, saying at Salem Horror Fest, I wanted you to say here about filming one of those. Cause it was, it was really, really, really funny. <laughs> yeah. So I think like, um, one thing that I noticed is you know, with the whole gay world is like, it is very open sexually. I think this is kind of like a newer thing. I remember like, you know, I've been with my partner for like 11 years and like we've been fairly open with stuff like um, early on and like, like maybe like five or six years ago, it was like, so people were like, were, you're being shamed about it. You had all these people like, oh, these fucking couples, blah, 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 blah. But then the same, pe- the same people like bitching about it or hitting us up to, you know, join in or whatever. But then you fast forward till now and it's like, it's almost like monogamous couples are frowned upon. Um, and that like you're expected to kind of be open. Yeah. Uh, my that is like whatever makes you happy as a couple. Like I think it's like it, I, whatever makes you happy. And you're actually I've seen a lot of like straight couples now kind of veering in this direction too with like the fluidity and openness of things. Um, so like I think like it's just such a natural normal things that ha- that happens amongst gay men. Like the amount of situations we've been in with just how open sexuality is, even in friend circles, even with strangers, it's just like how it is. And I feel like we want to keep things as realistic as possible. Yeah. Um, I know some people had questions about that scene before, which is fine. But I was like, no, this is like kind of close to reality. Like this shit does happen. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of a curse too, because I feel like it's it's sometimes hard to talk to other gay men because there's always just like looming like dark cloud of like, are we gonna have sex? But there's this constant pressure to have sex, even if you're just talking casually with somebody, which kind of sucks um because it creates like a weird dynamic even like going out um yeah it's like i don't know if it's like a gen z thing or what but yeah it's a it's a weird world right now (laughs) um some positives some cons um i hope we can sort it out as a community (laughs) oh yeah for sure for sure (laughs) yeah there's like i i what kay said was interesting because i i hadn't really like what I liked about the scenes we did is that they they weren't there just to have like you uh, like a salacious moment. Like they were specific moments that like either told you about these characters or moved along the plot, like you said, and that was important to me. Um, and but the, so there was a positivity, um, I think, to the way we're shooting these things because it's very unapologetic. It's not, it's not over the top and like porn, but it's, 
seeing three men making out with each other like there's a lot of folks who'd be upset about that uh just seeing that and, and it is what it is um but i do think like we're kind of talking about at least with adrian's character or my character there's like there's a there's a aspect of gay culture that brandon kind of was just touching upon that it's like we do place a lot of self-worth in whether or not we have sex with someone or 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 are or like get someone to have sex with us um and i think adrian's character is like constantly <laughs> seeking uh validation from sexual encounters um not just with his partner he's with who's like kind of obviously not really um in the moment but just with other characters too um so i thought that was an important thing to sort of portray because i do think that while being sex positive we can also recognize that we don't need to place so much self-worth and like value on whether or not someone sleeps with us um and then, uh, yeah, Brandon, I don't know if you want to tell the story about the how it was to shoot those sex scenes because oh my god, it was it, it looks sexy. They were the, um, the the most unsexy thing. Yeah, I think like I've what ever you said, like <laughs> at the fest, like I was cracking up. I'm like, obviously, that's like really annoying, but I was like, this is this is too good. You have to say it. <laughs> so the the hotel we filmed at was our our friend Steve's place. It's a beautiful beautiful spot, and um, there was a couple other artists living there too. Um, so when we were filming the scene, we had our cameraman that was already like standing on top of us. We're, you know, it's already weird that we have like two people in there. And then uh, this guy, Sam Wexman, who's an awesome dude, great photographer, was like, oh, can I come in and watch? Like, yeah, sure. But then like people, like everyone kind of came in <laughs> to be like an audience of like eight people. Like, <laughs> oh tiny. It's like it's not a big room. Like, and we're all just like trying to like be sexual and do this thing. It was just super <laughs> awkward. I think we eventually got everyone out of there. But yeah, like it also too like, it seemed like when I freak out, when there's like the Teratoma reveal, like there was a couch behind me and I was told not make sure not to bump into it, scratch the floors. So I was like trying to pay attention to like not pushing that back, scratching floors, all these people like watching me. And it's like, it's really hard to like magically pop into that like emotion of like being like freaked out and scared. And it was a really long shooting day too. Like those shooting days were fucking so long. I was exhausted. I was starving. Like it was just a lot, but like so unsexy to have an audience of people like yeah they were just like weirdly standing at the entrance just like not saying anything just like watching oh and it wasn't i don't think they were watching yeah i don't think they were watching because it was like pleasurable i think they were just like intrigued folks that don't yeah. participate in movies watching us make a movie but it had to be that scene you know what I, I mean? I, of course yeah. of course we're yeah we were trying to like have a threesome um well that in the decapitation scene <laughs> Oh my oh, god, the decapitation yeah. scene. We yeah. were like cursed the entire time filming this. Like you'd think there'd be nobody around the places we we're filming. Like it's like freezing cold and then like literally people just come out of the woodwork. It's insane. <laughs> we were filming like this the decapitation scene and it, like Joe Castro's already a little stressed out because like um the the it was so cool. The fake blood was kind of being weird. The tubing was being weird. We had one shot at this like decapitation scene. And like as we're filming this, this like Whole Foods-esque customer type family came out of the woodwork oh and, like, my god it was like up in our fucking <laughs> shit like literally like we're about to film this they're like like in our circle like we're trying to get ready we have there's two people holding like syringes for the blood thing yeah. there's like Devin who's freezing cold in the same drogo makeup and like they're like oh so like oh you can only do this once huh you think you can do another one like just like, oh my god oh, jesus <laughs> christ 
I Get swear, like here. Saint Droga himself was like testing us. They like, <laughs> like thirty degrees that day on a beach. It's like, why are you on the beach today? Like, go fucking home. Like, sit in front of your fire. I don't know. They were touching was, like Devin's makeup and shit. Oh, yeah, then they started touching the makeup, and we were just like, "Where? What? Like, what are you doing?" You should be like, "Um, we have to charge you for that. That's a uh, hundred dollars <laughs> per finger." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> An extra fifty dollars per second. <laughs> God damn, man. Like I, I get it. If people want to watch. I would maybe like stand away and watch too. Like, oh, let's watch from a distance. They were like yeah. Yeah, right there. Like, oh man. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was <laughs> you see that all the time with these big movies. You guys are next. <laughs> like, yeah, oh yeah, you're right. Like you guys are next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. We got we got a um. <laughs> got a prosthetic of your head too so come over here we'll, we'll film you um but yeah the effects in this movie um we were talking about it earlier but it really did you know you guys up the game for sure and i'm so excited to see how much crazier you're gonna get when it comes to effects um i know uh when we had you on previous you were talking about uh a third film that you guys are gonna be working on and I'm really excited to see how crazy that gets. So if you wanted to, you know, kind of go over what your plans are next, uh, I want to hear it again. Yeah. Um, so in quarantine, we worked on, like when it first happened, I mean, uh, we worked on St. Drogo, but we also worked on this other script called Queen of the Rats. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, as a, a, a parent of three i shouldn't pick favorites but queen of the rats i think is my favorite of the three things we've written as a team it's it's a beautiful like succinct combo of like i think all the things we love um as creators um and i'm very excited for it um it unfortunately i think will require so saint drogue and death drop we shot on the same amount of money like the same budget um and we just like made sure we upped our game in the ways we could with the money we had. Um, but I, I, I have a feeling queen of the rats is going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, need uh, a little more budget to complete. Um, there's aspects of it that are still easier. It's not going to be in the fucking winter on a beach. Um, oh, come on. Will be great. <laughs> um, but it's really cool. Um, the way we're kind of describing it is like, it's a uh, green room, um, meets like uh the sopranos meets uh like lovecraftian uh cosmic horror yeah yeah yeah. so it's a it's it sounds like a wild combo but in a wild way that it like works i can visualize it you know just just by you guys saying that i can i can tell like where it's gonna go especially after seeing both of these films i can i can see how crazy (laughs) how crazy it can get so i'm so excited can I just say, Saint Drogo, Death Drop Gorgeous, Clown Witch, Queen of the Rats. You guys are the best movie titles ever. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. Thank like, you. You're in the prize of the best horror movie titles ever. Like, Queen of the Rats. What a great fucking I title. That's a really good that. name for a band as well. Yeah. Actually, the Clown movie... Witch. Wow. We what a great <laughs> We should just name it the Clown Witch because we actually struggled with creating the band name for Queen of the Rats. But I appreciate that. Brandon and I have had this. Brandon and I live together, so we have a lot. We we chat a lot about a lot of things. But we did have like a little bit of like a a, a venting session of just like how bad movie titles can be. Oh like, yeah, and it's it's very important to me that it's a memorable a title, and it's not just like the fence 
or like, <laughs> the fence. Or, yeah. Like all horror movies are just oh, like boy. a different word Rubber. on the word, like a synonym. <laughs> uh, yeah, like a synonym for like demonic. So it'll be like I don't know, whatever. Demonic. Like, yeah. Yeah. Insidious. <laughs> it's just like I, I don't know. They just opened a thesaurus and looked at the word evil and was like, okay, we'll use that one. Um, I love the so, Charles yeah. one. It's like it's like it's which <laughs> it's which house, but it's one word without just one H. So it's like witch use. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so good. The movie's insane. But yeah, it's funny because like funny you mentioned bands, like the, the main the main story in our film is about a band too. And it's um so we're we're both from Providence and like uh, back in the thousands when I moved here, we had this thriving, crazy ass warehouse scene. These like abandoned warehouses were just loaded with like all kinds of artists, and there was just so many shows and raves and, and every genre of music happening all the time. And then that unfortunately came to an end. But like, it's kind of um, a story about. It's like it's it's funny. It's like a little bit of a historical story about what happened in Providence and why this scene existed, um, but told through like a very very crazy lens. Um, but yeah, the monster in this film is me very very gory and splattery. We want to make it like like eighties effects. Like hell yeah. When I kind of like go back to like you know, what the Blob remake did, like those effects are just so fun. Like just bringing that kind of thing back. That oh, was yeah. a fantastic remake. Yeah, we actually yeah. reviewed that once, didn't we, Dustin? That blog yeah, remake, that, oh, dude, incredible. It was a long time since I saw that 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 remake, and when you had me go and watch that again for for your podcast, I was like, "This movie fucking kicks ass." Why haven't oh, yeah. I watched this more? So yeah, I'm excited for Queen of the Rats. Just you saying that, like, yes, <laughs> please, and anything I can do or Dean can do to to participate in this, like, come on, man, come oh, on. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. I'm I'm so excited. Um, Dean, do you have any uh, final questions over there? Yeah, I do. Who designed that beautiful poster that Dustin's got on his desk there? I've been looking at you. Sh- you showed me this earlier on, and that is that is a beautiful picture. <laughs> yeah, um, my friend Fernando Prudencio. Uh, he's a tattoo artist in DC and and an artist as well. Um, he wanted he was supposed to do a death route poster for us and then he just got really swamped he was opening up his own shop and he just couldn't get to it so he wanted to do a saint drogo one and he was originally going to do sort of a um like a greek orthodox painting type of deal okay. and as he was working on it i was like that kind of looks like stained glass and he was like wait Ooh. i like that idea more and then he just kind of yeah. ran with it uh and gave us that and then uh our our other little monster makeup uh, fellow uh, Chris Delphi did some like final edits on it, but um, yeah, the main the main design was from uh, from Fernando. Yeah, it's there's, so any, like, there's any like graphic artist nerds out there? The way Chris made that stained glass effect is fucking insane. Um, I can't even like begin to. I, I was all, I can try to explain how he did it, but like it was replicating the same image and like moving it. Or I can't even explain it, but like yeah, he created his own. <laughs> His own very special, unique, like stained glass effect, and it's it's fucking ingenious. It wow. looks looks great. Yeah. Can you yeah. hold that up again, Dustin? Hold that up yeah, again. Yeah, I can. So I can. I gotta find space on my wall behind me, as you can see. It's like legit, like covered in in posters. But I need to. I need to find something. Dean, I, um, I'll get one for you too, man. So oh, I'll, yeah. I'll grab it from them. Yeah, that'd one be great. Wall, because it's it's so good. so good, so good. Um. So I think that's pretty much all that I have to to ask. Um, it's always awesome to talk to both of you and anybody else part of the crew, and seeing the success that you're getting and being so local. Like Brendan, oh, we were both talking about this um, in person about how how great it is to see uh, people local making such a big roar 
everywhere and seeing how big it was in Salem Horror Fest and then now now you possibly going over to the UK and and seeing how big that's going to be like that's yeah. huge like you you are local heroes to me because of you're proving that you can go out and do it just just fucking do it just shut up grab a camera and do it you know and um yeah like thank you guys for for everything that you're doing and and don't stop just keep creating seriously keep creating and thank, like, thank you too. Like, your support has been amazing. Like, there's just there's so much happening in Providence that like, we didn't even know about. Like, um, the movie about the the two guys with um Down syndrome that made the zombie movie, the documentary. Yeah. On them, like that was happening at the same time we were filming. We didn't even know that that was even happening. And like those guys are fucking awesome. That movie is really good. Um, you have Josh Dolan that's from PVD Horror that's making movies now. There's just like so there's like a, a big ass horror community happening here it, it's awesome it's just crazy like in such a small town like you don't know that this stuff is happening but it is you have brian Pollen over in north Attleboro making his his crazy ass movies like he's awesome too so yeah it's it's fantastic and like you you've always you've been a fucking huge support too so like we can't thank all you guys enough too it's like we you guys are like you know we talk about organic marketing you have like your podcast people reaching out to us and then spreading the word it's like it's such a huge help and it's so crucial I really hope like other like horror fans like are appreciative to like 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 these festivals like Salem Horror and like the Baron's Head Out podcast like this. We can't do this shit without you guys. Like this is important, so we can't thank you enough too. Uh, saying that, like we don't really hear that that much from from uh, people, especially when we're when we're talking to them. But you know, hearing it from from you and everybody else on the crew of how much you guys you know thank us as well. Like that's that's. It means a lot so thank you because it's it's hard to even see or or feel if you're getting any kind of um, recognition anywhere when you're when you're a podcast i know we were also talking about this like there's a lot of podcasts out there and it's hard to you know make make a name somewhere but knowing that i have supporters like you and the crew and and other people too that we've talked to it, it means a lot and and dean like i thank you all the time man like you're my brother and you're all the way on the other side of the pond, but you mean the world to me, man. And um, I'm so happy for everybody. Dean, you're, you're killing it over there with your hot sauces. You guys are killing it with your yeah. with your movies. And I'm I'm just here talking horror. I'm the middleman, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's it's awesome. So thank you guys for for saying that. Seriously, you don't just talk horror. Like, you show up to shit too. It's awesome. Like you're very active. Like it's 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 great. <laughs> yeah, I try, and um, I will be there. Any other showings you guys are doing, and um, I do want to plan something with you guys to to do like double bill or something somewhere. Yeah. Um, seriously, that'd be so. Oh, we'd fun. be down. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, but I think that's pretty much all that we have for this episode. Uh, make sure you guys check out Saint Drogo, wherever it's going to be playing next, and um, wherever it may be dropping next. Um, if you guys get on Screenbox, if they reach out to you, I hope Alex <laughs> sent something to Brandon of being like, you need to buy this film right now. Because uh, it's a great film, and, and everybody needs to go watch this seriously. Thank but you, Alex is awesome too. He, he he reached out, so I'm I'm looking forward to chatting with him. He's a good guy. Hell yeah, hell yeah. What's uh? I will um, do everything I possibly can to get you on Screenbox. <laughs> that would be great. You being on Shutter for um, Death Drop, and then Screenbox Saint Drogo. You guys will be taking over media. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, Queen of Rats, Netflix. Yeah. Oh my uh, God. No, no. Fuck Netflix. You guys will. You'll go on. Go on Tubi. Go on Tubi for that one. No, because we don't get Tubi over here in the UK. Well, Wasn't on Tubi? Fuck. No. That's a bummer. I didn't even know what it was. We were talking about it. We did a. We did an interview with 
Spider won the other day, and he was talking about Barry the Bride going on to Tubi, and I was like, Tubi? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got no idea what it is. But yeah, I, yeah, no, we don't get it. I, I have heard of it, but yeah, we don't get it, unfortunately. You guys get all the good stuff over there. We don't. Well, that's why you're going to move over to the U.S. useless. <laughs> all right. All right, so we're going to end this one here. Make sure you guys are go checking out this movie. Check out Death Drop or just wherever you can. And uh, thank you guys so much for, for being here. And I'm um, looking forward to next time to talk about the next film. Anytime. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys.